Welcome to Compassion Radio 360. Good morning, honey. This is Compassion Radio's 360 program. The past couple of weeks, we've had a lot of heavy stories we've had to tackle in different ways. We went a little more artistically last week. We had a time of lamenting what Mm -hmm. happened in Uvalde, Texas. And our country is going through a lot of different kinds of anxieties and traumas. And trauma is probably the buzzword of the 2010s and 20s. Yeah. And not without reason. You know what? The Bible has answers for us in a lot of things, but it doesn't always have the specific solution to every single problem we sit in. That's my thesis today. Right. No, I agree. So we're going to talk about our theme today, and the two articles that we're going to be highlighting go to our theme of this program, which is pandemics, anxiety, and the future of our kids. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of questions about how children are going to deal with the kind of things we've been hearing about in the news, and how they're going to be reintegrated into school, reset. It seems like everybody, the entire world, has a personality now, and it's really stressed. Yeah. Well, I found an article from the New York Times that talks about what's happening in our schools. And the New York Times polled and interviewed 362 school counselors across the U.S. Counselors, not just teachers. Right. People that deal with the issues Mm -hmm. that kids face. And asked them about how the pandemic has affected students and continues to affect students, even though most of our schools are back in person now. It's not surprising to me to see these results of these questions, but it is discouraging in some ways. Yeah. Well, any knowledge that comes back to you that is not pleasant or affirms the thing you hope for looks discouraging on the face of it. But we all know, too, that on the fundamental level, knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. Knowledge of God's word is power to overcome spiritual issues and problems that cannot be solved through just man's thinking or man's habits or man's tools. Mm -hmm. The Word of God can help us in this, but we still have to know what we're facing. So let's talk about what those 362 counselors across the United States had to say. Well, the counselors described students, many of them as socially frozen, Mm. emotionally frozen at the age of when the pandemic started. They left school. Many of them were just left on their own, basically schooling themselves. I mean, they had online help. Hopefully, many of them had teachers available. We do know that many of them didn't have internet available to them. So that was a very big difficulty for some. As far as the studies go, yeah. Children who left school as sixth graders when the pandemic started are now in the ninth grade. Yeah. They're going back to school in this emotional bubble as a sixth grader, yet they're in high school now. We would have said, I think, in our generation going through school that they were emotionally stunted. Right. And we would talk about people who are physically developed to a certain level, even have education to a certain level. But because of something, they lag behind, on average, the students of their same age or peer group Mm -hmm. for some reason, whether it's a trauma or abuse at home or other things, economic situations that made them at risk or they were facing food insecurity or Mm -hmm. something where they were more worried about the things of getting through the day than they were about their futures. Well, because they've been isolated from their peers for so long, they're having more difficulty of solving simple conflicts even. And they're erupting into more aggressive behaviors because of being overwhelmed with the thought of having to resolve things. Now, some psychologists helped the New York Times actually frame the questions that these counselors got. They process ideas or questions based upon their training. Mm -hmm. Now, the things they talk about are, what percentage of you have seen an increase in? And then they list a whole set of categories of behaviors and responses 
that are not necessarily positive. When we hear about the percentage of counselors that responded yes to the question, it means they have personally seen an increase in these things where they are. Correct. And they studied academic behaviors, emotional health, social skills, and unsafe student behaviors. So there was these four different categories that they were looking at and asking the counselors about them. And of the 362 counselors they talked to, that percentage of them saw an increase in these behaviors. It is obviously a big deal when there's an increase at all. Correct. So let's start there. As far as academic behaviors, 86% of the counselors saw students having trouble focusing. An increase in lack of focus. Yes, and finishing their classwork. 72% saw kids breaking classroom rules, just basic rules of the classroom. More than they had before. Mm -hmm. And 69% said that they were having trouble with time management skills. Now you'd think, oh, they've been having to do online school. Probably they could figure that out. But apparently it's not crossing over into actual in-person school at this point. They're having trouble with collaborating with other students for projects. There's like 58% increase in that. And 52% of the counselors are seeing more and more students skipping class. Mm -hmm. So these are things that are going to affect academic success. I would say that those behaviors, these have to do with autonomy. Do kids have the agency to choose these things at any given time, or do they play by the rules and say, no, this is what's expected of you? Mm -hmm. If you've been out of the loop for two or three years, and you've pretty much been left alone at home because both your parents work, no one is telling you what to do, really. Mm-hmm. And checking in on you is a lot harder. And so the idea of the corporate expectations rising to the level of acceptable behavior is not something that's reinforced day to day for many, many kids. Mm-hmm. So these counselors have seen an increase in those kind of behaviors. We've expected students who are not emotionally developed mm-hmm. to behave as adults, as an adult should behave. It's just not happening because they don't have the skills and the emotional stability or the emotional strength or development to do these things. I would think compounding that, too, if these counselors are seeing the increase or the teachers are telling them, I'm having problems in class like Mm -hmm. this, and it's worse than it was before. They're also, as counselors, having to factor in how stressed out are these teachers? Are they rebounding? Mm -hmm. Are they getting back into the groove? Are they patient and able to absorb the challenges that each of the kids have? They may or may not be fully equipped themselves to re-engage at 100%. As I say, having all cylinders firing. (laughs) Well, I think that's a whole other 360 program that we might need to look into as well. But you're right. The reason I'm bringing that up is because it's kind of a holistic question, right? It's not just how the kids are behaving. It's where they find themselves, where they've been for the past couple of years, how the teachers are coping with all of their changes. And everybody in that room, teacher and student alike, will have been going through some kind of stress with this pandemic, the reason that they're out of school in the first place. Because as we know, a million people in America alone have now passed away from COVID. And if that's true, and it is, that means that one in every 330 people are gone from us yeah. since 2020 began. For this very reason, not just from car wrecks or other diseases diffused out across all of these different situations. It's a concentrated, repeatable, and sadly avoidable in many ways Mm -hmm. events that so many families have gone through. So if you know more than 100 people, chances are you probably bumped into somebody who knows somebody who has lost somebody. Yeah. If you know two or 300 people yourself, which most of Americans do, Mm -hmm. then it's virtually 100% likely that you will have personally known somebody who is no longer with us because of COVID. Right, right. No matter what your political affiliation is, this is the reality. You are almost virtually 100% likely to know somebody personally who has passed away from this. That's not a small thing. Mm -hmm. It also does indicate to me, though, that there's common ground here. 
And I think the counselor is trying to find a way to get everybody in the same room on the same level to say, let's deal with this together. Mm-hmm. And that's their challenge. What are the other categories of things that the counselors have said they've seen increases in negative outcomes? Well, emotional health is a big one for yeah. sure. Showing signs of anxiety or depression, 94% of the counselors say that has been an exponential increase in that. There is a certain age group that is filled with anxiety, and that's the tweeners and the early teenage years going through that, all of the emotional stress and anxiety that just floods into those precious people who are growing into adults and their hormones are beginning to just run rampant through their body and they're trying to figure things out and who they are and what they're going to be. and And they know that when kids are going through puberty, when stress hormones get involved with that. It can be destructive Mm -hmm. physically and emotionally in ways that are much more amplified for Mm -hmm. kids of that age than they are even for adults who suffer chronic depression. And so we have to be aware of the fact that it's been very focused and very concentrated on the young people. Yeah, they're seeing an increase in difficulty of these children being able to regulate their emotions Mm. as well. Either they're just flat affect, no emotions at all, or they're over the top with emotion. And everything is what we would say a dramatic experience. And that is normal for some age groups to have that tendency to go to the drama level. We, we've seen that in our own children growing up. We've experienced in our own lives growing up. Oh, come on. We and, have both sure. even all those stages in <laughs> our lives. You may have been, but I know I wasn't. Yeah. You can ask my siblings, I'm sure. It is a time where you are experiencing all kinds of emotions, and they're seeing that these kids are having a really difficult time regulating Mm. all of that emotional output and input, and it culminates into this huge difficulty, this huge problem of low self-esteem. At least 67% of them have said we've seen a huge increase in that as well. Talk about the feedback loop in your own mind and heart. You know, these are psycho-spiritual things we're talking about here. If you have not had a lot of practice in hearing yourself or perceiving yourself, when the realization comes later that, oh, I blew it or I went over the top or I got myself in trouble because I couldn't control my anger or my frustration, Mm -hmm. then we go into a shame versus excusing ourselves Mm. phase. We know that the behavior probably was not acceptable and may have been harmful to somebody else, at least to us. In our subconscious, we're processing that. Oh, I've done damage, but it's too late. Mm-hmm. Now you got to figure out how do we get out of this? How do you back up? And there's mm-hmm. where the shame culture comes in. Yeah. And for a lot of kids, they can't escape the feelings of self-condemnation that mm-hmm. come from the behaviors that they were not able to control. Yeah. And that feeds into the low self-esteem. Yes, it does. Right. So another issue is social skills. Children that have been at home for the last two years, on and off, back and forth to school, I think it's been a difficult time with that. They're having trouble solving conflicts, like I said earlier. They're having trouble making new friends. They're beginning to harass their peers online more often than even before. And we've seen that with adults as well in the difficulties of social media and how people use that for a platform oftentimes to attack others. And they're getting into more physical fights with their peers, kids that would never have even thought of that. What kind of percentage, again, are we talking about of the counselors and schools that were polled here? What percentage of schools and counselors have noticed an increase in all those behaviors? Well, the highest one that they've noticed an increase is 73% of the counselors noticed that in their having difficulty of solving conflicts. 51% of them noticed an increase in harassment online and physical altercations. Let's move on to the next category then, because there's a couple of interesting facts in here Mm -hmm. that are really disturbing to me. Yeah. 
So the next category is unsafe student behaviors. Now, 85% of the counselors saw students being chronically absent from school. Post-pandemic. Yes. And they're using computers in inappropriate ways at school. They're vandalizing school property. 38% of the counselors saw students with increased drug or alcohol issues at school, Mm -hmm. bringing them to school. Engaging in age-inappropriate sexual behavior. Younger students are getting more involved in sexual behavior now than even before we've seen. Uh, That was a 31% of the counselors saw this. Other counselors are seeing an 11% increase over what happened before the pandemic of students bring non-firearm weapons to school. But there's a 3% increase in bringing guns to school. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the word inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Friends, we're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. I personally met with dozens of refugees and kingdom workers who ran to the front lines of need and have selflessly given of themselves completely, thoroughly, and as I saw, to the point of indescribable exhaustion. I saw refugee and servant alike shiver in a vicious blizzard that struck the first week of March. They were very much alike in one important way. They were absolutely determined to survive this ordeal and to redeem what their lives have become. We need to follow their example. Will you help us today? We have blankets and food to buy, tanks to fill with gas, and medicine to help them survive the days ahead. This need is not going away anytime soon. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or give online at CompassionRadio.com. Counselors are seeing an 11% increase over what happened before the pandemic of students bring non-firearm weapons to school. But there's a 3% increase in bringing guns to school. So there is an anger issue that's coming out here too. And just look at the numbers. This is only 362 counselors that were polled in this Mm -hmm. across a wide section of education in America. 3% doesn't seem like much of an increase here. Of 362 alone, that's 11 kids that have brought a firearm to school more than have been done before in the previous years. Well, I would say that's 11 counselors seeing that percentage right. across the schools. If we're just talking about this one sample group, yeah. that's all I'm saying. So if you extrapolated that to the thousands mm-hmm. of counselors that are employed by school districts across this country, how many tens or hundreds or thousands of kids have been found out to be carrying firearms on their person at school? Mm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are just scared. They're worried about getting bullied or something, and they think they're going to protect themselves. Or maybe a small percentage of them are having fantasies of revenge. Mm. We don't know. We don't but know. these 362 have already seen an increase of at least 11 more kids carrying firearms on campus during class hours. Yeah. yeah. 
that worries the snot out of me. Mm-hmm. We've seen what's happened when those things are not addressed or not found out. I, As hard as it is to hear this, I am very glad these counselors were willing to talk honestly about what they found. Because obviously if they found it, they attempted to do something about it with those kids in question. This is not 362 counselors saying, ah, oh, whatever, they brought more guns to school. You bet your button here that they got involved and did something to intervene and mm-hmm. do what they're called mm-hmm. to do. So these 362 counselors for me are being heroes for being truthful and being involved and mm-hmm. staying on the front lines of the needs of our kids. Well, one of the things that was concerning to me when I read this article was that of these 362 counselors, most of them served an average of 377 students. Mm-hmm. Or a good portion of them did. In rural schools, yeah. the average was 413 students per counselor. Per counselor. Yeah. The overall recommendation from the American School Counselor Association says that 250 is the max that one counselor should be responsible for. Now, that seems like a lot to me. Even. Well, it does. Well, you think about the work that counselors do. It is pastoral in the sense that we think about Christianity and churches. Mm-hmm. Pastors are to encourage and help people through life mm-hmm. spiritually. Pastors also are given the responsibility most of our churches for preaching and for administration and for outreach and finances. Mm-hmm. They do all kinds of jobs, but every church has 400 attending members tends to have multiple staff members mm-hmm. just focus on those people that attend that church. Yeah. When the counselor has the one job of taking care of 250 kids plus all of their families and knowing what they need, that's like a pastor on burnout path. Yeah. At 250. So I'm not in the least suspecting that the Counselors Association is trying to pad their numbers to get more people in because it helps them politically oh, and no, gets more people hired. Not. They're talking about literally tolerance for stress. Mm-hmm. There's counselors themselves can be overstretched and mm-hmm. overstressed. Well, many of them said their biggest fear or concern was that they were missing someone, yeah. that someone would fall through the cracks. And that is the thing that they absolutely don't want to happen. This is across the board. They're seeing it from elementary all through graduation, you know, 12th grade. Yeah. They're seeing elementary kids just acting out and throwing things and yelling and screaming and, you know, throwing themselves on the floor, throwing a tantrum, as we would say, and they're impulsive, they're less controlled, and they're less bought in to their classes. They're like, eh, whatever, it's not going to matter anyway. And then yeah. they're less invested in it. And they're like, who cares if I graduate or not? Kind that, of attitude. That kind of psyche was something that was written about by most of the poets in what they call the lost generation between the wars mm-hmm. back in the 20th century. So many men came back incapacitated emotionally because of the war. Mm-hmm. on the European continent and didn't come home at all. And then the pandemic on top of that of 1917 through 1919 that killed 20 million people around the world, mm-hmm. it came in such heavy waves that an entire generation went through the kind of trauma we're talking about here, but probably much more intensely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, America and the countries around the world survived those eras, but we have generations that were almost lost to despair. That is what we're facing now in some degrees. There's another article that was part of this. We'll have to leave that as a link for people to see what the counselors and what the schools themselves are discovering can be done to help those kids just on practical levels. Let me just give you some little quick things that the teacher said. Yes. Right quick. Talking about the kids here mostly. Kids, yes. Talk to a counselor. Get together with a friend. Avoid alcohol and drugs. Be spontaneous. Mm. Try meditation. Just sit in quiet and think through things. Write in a journal. Get plenty of sleep, so don't stay up playing video games late, late into the night. Maybe the toughest thing to shift right there. Yes, and learn to laugh a lot. Learn to laugh again. Mm. Uh, Yeah, laughter being truly a real medicine. Mm -hmm. Those are very practical things. They apply to anybody on this planet. Yeah. You can read more about those particular recommendations and the other article link we'll have on the website for this podcast. 
But we got to spend a couple of minutes here, honey, before we leave, just yeah. talking about a scriptural refocus. Now, I do believe the Bible has advice for us on how to approach things. I don't particularly believe that the Bible has a specific cookie cutter, perfect answer for every situation we find ourselves in. I do believe it has something for every person who approaches the Word of God. Mm. But that does not mean that we look at the Word of God and say, oh, if I just read something here, I will not need other help. Right. In fact, the Word of God often says, how can the body say to itself, I have no need of something? Well, we need Jesus and a counselor sometimes. Yes, we do. And the body itself needs feet and arms and eyes and ears. You can't say to the person who has the capability that God's given you, I don't need you. Mm. You know, a parent doesn't say to the school, I don't need a teacher. I'm just going to send my kid to your school and he knows enough because he prays. That would be silly. Mm -hmm. And yet we treat other things in life as if, no, we don't need to go anywhere else but a Bible verse and get it solved. So I want to dispel with any notion that we believe that. We don't. We are about involving ourselves in kingdom work together. And mm -hmm. the body is the body. The body's been given a lot of skills. The body's been given a lot of great and wonderful people. Many times they're not being utilized because we need someone to help us and our pride gets in the way or because our theology gets in the way. Let me read this scripture to you. And this will be kind of our, our sign off for today. Again, from the book of Philippians chapter four, we read something very simple that so many of us have heard so many times. Chapter four, verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The lesson I want to leave with you right now, friends, is this. That scripture is an encouragement. It is not a solution. Mm. Paul does not say your problem will be solved. What Paul says is, if you'll do these things and approach God in this attitude and focus on him in this way, he will give you peace which once we simmer down and our hearts are at peace, we can probably act more rationally. Right. Again, I'm saying that this scripture is an encouragement to be a certain way so that a certain outcome is possible. Mm -hmm. Not that the problem goes away, but that we are capable and competent to enter into that process mm -hmm. of solving the problem with his spirit mm -hmm. and being the kind of people that help each other get through it. So I believe that don't be anxious for anything is an important statement. But you don't leave that hanging out there. You don't order somebody, stop being anxious and leave them there. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. Our kids cannot be left dangling there. Mm -hmm. But we need to approach that and say, are we the anxious ones? Are we projecting our anxiety and our fears on our kids mm, and expecting point. them to cope with it? Yeah. So if we have a scripture to uplift, it would simply be, I believe that if we will approach God in the way that Paul talks about here, if we'll spend some time actually contemplating meditating on what Philippians 4, 6 through 8 is saying, that God will give us a roadmap to start following him in the way we should go mm -hmm. for this situation. Yeah. I would just encourage parents that are listening today to spend time with their kids just listening to them, mm. giving them ample opportunity to express their stresses and their frustrations without judgment, just listening to them. Yeah. I mean, sometimes as parents, I know I'm guilty of this. I want to fix it for my kids yeah. and I want to give them answers. But 
like you said, honey, there's not always an answer to a specific problem, but we just need to give them space to express themselves in that way. And the answer is to ask God what he has for us in this, to be the helper, to be the giver and not the taker all the time, to be the one who is empowered by him to help solve problems and not the one that always depends upon others to be solving problems for them. But at the same time, if we have need, we got to admit that too Mm -hmm. and let others help us. Otherwise, our pride will truly destroy the potential for real healing and recovery Mm -hmm. and moving forward on things. And that's about all we can pack into the program we have today on Compassion Radio 360. Thanks for being with us on this. And we'll see you again Monday for the next and brand new series on Chasing the Word. Thanks for joining us. You say come ye weary Come and find your rest In the arms of Send your special gift for the church in Ukraine today. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.